everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. I am here with my usual wonderful co-hosts, Lucas, Aiden, Wyatt, and Jared. Uh, today we've just got a, a episode for you for you full of discussion as we have some actual sports that have been happening. Let's just dive right in, kick things off with, uh, well, there's been lots going on in the NBA bubble. Wyatt, let's start with you. What are your biggest takeaways from all of the happenings in the bubble so far? Well, I think that there is a lot to unpack so far in the NBA bubble. I don't know if there's just one thing for me to take away, but <clears throat> I would say that the best way for me to sum it up so far is everything that I thought that would happen didn't i think all my takes were wrong uh i think it's it's crazy i did not expect the blazers to have really strong performances from the role players like carmelo anthony and gary trent jr who have been really big in big moments Um, i didn't expect guys like tj warren to just average 35 points a game and have the shooters just catch fire the way they do same with like devin booker i didn't expect them to to really have a strong chance out of the teams that i picked to to make it for that eighth seed I didn't expect Zion to be on a heavy minutes restriction after four months of rest, which I thought was yeah. crazy. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think it really bodes the questions like, what are the Pelicans really thinking? Were they actually trying to make the playoffs? When are they finally going to take the training wheels off of a guy who is, what, 20 years old now at this point, had four months of rest, and has an opportunity to make the playoffs in his first season? What else What else does he have to do to prove to them that he can he can play at a full a full game because he actually haven't, hasn't played a full season I think mm-hmm. since he was in high school mm-hmm. which is a little bit alarming for a guy like that and then of course the heartbreaking collapse of the Grizzlies who I picked to make it for that number 8 spot <laughs> and hold that number 8 spot who have not only one of the toughest schedules <clears throat> I think in that entire 8 game stretch but they lost their number 2 guy um, to a knee injury so it was a good season I would say it's nothing to be disappointed in it didn't really work out this year but like I said, there's a lot to unpack uh, for the bubble so far. We're not even done yet. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, you say that about the Grizzlies as though they're just out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, as of the time of recording, I think they're still the eight they're seed. They're still the eight seed. They're a half game yeah. back from the eight seed, and Portland has a hot uh, hand right now. Ooh, I don't oh, expect, wow. and I think that I remember that they have to play Boston and Toronto in some of these last yeah. games. So they're not nice. really like in a good position to win. <laughs> I think they might go 0 and 8, honestly. Oh my gosh. (laughs) They haven't been great. I mean, you mentioned the Blazers as being hot, but the Suns, I feel like, are more likely at this point. I mean, they're only a half game back from the Blazers, who are a half game back, so. Yeah. Devin Booker's like the second coming of TJ Warren. Like, he's playing. Yeah, exactly. After they make the T.J. Warren last dance version, they'll make the Devin Booker one. Yeah. yeah, secondary. No, but honestly, the the Suns won again tonight. That makes them, I believe, six and zero in yeah. in the insane. bubble. So yeah, and the, the, their hardest game on the slate was versus the Clippers. They already won that one. The remaining games, I think, are Sixers and Mavs. So sorry, Lucas, but mm. the, the Sixers don't seem to be much of a threat at the moment. Collapse. Um, and yeah. So the Mavs might be tough, but I think the Suns came in with like a under one percent chance of making the play-in game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And here they are, looking like a legitimate threat to to at least be in that game. Yeah, and I mean, whoever they end up playing, if they do sneak into the playoffs, need well. Probably the Lakers. Actually, absolutely the Lakers because they don't yeah. even make it in a seed. The mm-hmm. Lakers haven't been like great either. They've been two and four in the bubble. Like I don't know what's happening, but things don't seem to be like clicking on all cylinders for them. Them and the Clippers. The Clippers are three and three as well. So I don't know. 
I think with the whole bubble thing and like the months off and like certain teams getting hot, it almost feels like a new season. I think I don't think it'll happen, but I wouldn't be genuinely shocked if like the Suns gave the Lakers a run for their yeah. money or even eked out a series win. I'm not gonna book it or anything, <laughs> but like do it. Yeah. But, but the way that like Booker's been playing and the way that like I don't know, LeBron and Davis have sort of struggled to get it into gear, I think they'll be competitive at the very least, if they can sneak in. Yeah, I think that the Lakers should be worried in the sense that if it's the Blazers or Suns, whoever plays in the eighth seed, makes them play unnecessarily long an unnecessarily long series, like a, even a six-game yeah. series, yeah. that's not going to be good. Like, uh, I, I, some people have been pointing this out. The Warriors last year had to play six games against the Clippers in the first season. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, KD goes down, Clay goes down. Like, it could take – this time there's a four-month rest, so who really knows about the injuries, but – you know, you never know. I, and I think it is fair to put a lot of stock in what's happening in the bubble because it is kind of like a new season. They've had four months off, which is basically an off season. So, and some players have returned, some players haven't. So, Okay, but the I thing is, I don't know. I think you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, though. I mean, like, I know for some weird reason the Lakers have been playing LeBron and AD like a good amount still, even mm-hmm. though they've locked up yeah. the one seed. But I do yeah. feel like they, like maybe they aren't actually playing all that hard anymore, <clears throat> them and the Bucks since yeah. they both have the one seeds locked up. And so, like, they've lost a few games, yeah, but I don't know if... I'll be worried if they lose, like like Lucas said, if it goes, like, six games in the first round, then I'll be worried. But I, I'm not convinced yet that there's actually anything to worry about. But do you think do you think that the that with, like, the Lakers' subtractions, I guess, that this is basically a Cavs team that LeBron's going to have to try to carry and he well, can't and won't be able to do? No, because I think 80 is better than any sort of... Side piece, LeBron has. <laughs> yeah, this was but, interesting to me. There was a guy on Twitter, like a really f- popular guy, who asked. He made a poll: Who is LeBron's best teammate ever? And AD got fifty-one percent of the votes, which surprised me quite a bit. I thought D Wade would have gotten more, um, mm-hmm. but so yeah, I think as long as he's got Anthony Davis healthy, they're going to be contenders. Yeah, regardless of the other pieces. I know they're super thin. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely a little bit yeah. concerning, but still. Mm-hmm. I mean, are it's they like really two that of the top thin five now? players? They really only lost Avery Bradley and Rondo, yeah, which I know Avery out. Bradley is huge. He's a really big three and D guy for them. But I mean, to say that they've lost like all of this depth is because Dion Waiters was on the team. The only actual person that they added was J.R. Smith, who has played beside a long LeBron James before. And then, I mean, <laughs> look how that had turned out though. Yeah. <laughs> he has a championship. <laughs> yeah, and like five tries, but whatever. <laughs> I mean. No, you I just feel like they weren't all that than. thick, if you will, to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were one of those, like, yeah, I mean, it worked the same way as when LeBron kind of goes anywhere. Like, a bunch of just veterans who are solid, but, you know, kind of past their prime join, and you're not totally confident if they can, you know, keep it up, or if they're going to, yeah, so... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sold on the Lakers. It is very hard to tell at this point, though. Whether like we've seen a lot of the the best teams in, in both conferences not look good so far. Like as you mm-hmm. mentioned, Bart, the Bucks have not looked great. The Clippers have not looked good. Like it's it's hard to tell whether this is them not caring, not like actually having these games matter, or if like they're actually just not back in the swing of things slash aren't gelling in this Did new season. Yeah. There have been flashes of like I think like a championship look team to the Bucks, like especially when they came back against the Heat a few mm-hmm. days back. Like I think 
that show the potential they have. And also the Raptors, too, have been really yeah. impressive. Yeah. Um, like, I think the East is going to be a lot more exciting than I thought it would be. I thought it would be the Bucks, and maybe someone else could, like, sneak mm-hmm. in. Like, maybe the Heat if they got hot. But honestly, with the Bucks at one, the Raptors at two, the Celtics at three, um, and then the Heat or Pacers at four and five, like, all five of those teams, I think, based on how they play in the bubble, have a legitimate shot of making the finals. Maybe the Pacers less so, but if TJ Warren looks yeah. like TJ Warren's look, like, you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know about the, I don't know about TJ Warren because uh, like <laughs> give give a coach a full playoff series to actually figure out how to like I, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's just over. Yeah, he's not gonna he's gonna come back to the mean soon. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe not. Maybe he's actually the second coming of Michael Jordan this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Could be. I don't know. Could I mean, be. I'd be happy for the Pacers. Just like I'm really happy for the Suns because like they've been yeah. bad for so long. They deserve yeah. this. Their fans deserve this, Jared. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. Did I call out the Suns? Like, <laughs> no, no, yeah. Jared, uh, what are you gonna tell their kids? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lucas, how are you feeling about the Sixers? Awful. Embiid's <laughs> injury apparently isn't uh, a particularly a long-term thing. Does that? Yeah, I think he's like day to day. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I just I think I'm tired of the whole process. Like, I think it's just. <laughs> failed at this point like even when both of them were playing they looked so underwhelming like the losses they had the underwhelming wins against the spurs and against the magic and it's just like they're barely scraping by beating like lower seated teams and that doesn't give me any confidence for them going into the playoffs i'd be shocked at this point with anything but a first round exit like and has been playing very well he had a 40-20 game even though they lost. But I just think that, like, there's something rotten at the core of the team, and I think it might be Brett Brown. And, like, just they're not getting the best out of a very talented team, which is imbalanced in some ways. But, yeah, I just, I'm not confident about the Sixers at all at this point. I think the injuries have just made it far, far worse. Do you think that with Embiid going down right now and Simmons going down for the end of this this year, I guess, that Brett Brown will get another stint as the 76ers head coach, or you think he'll get a break, you know, from the 76ers office and the fans? I don't think from the fans. Will he get I one think, from you? <laughs> no. Like, I mean, like, I think you have enough evidence at this point with this season that, like, he took a team that had Simmons and Embiid, who are two, I think, like, close to generational talents, even if they're not a perfect match with each other. And then, like, even when the season ended, they were a sixth seed, even though there were injuries throughout the year. Um, I think they've underperformed. I think last year they had such a good team that should have made it a finals run, and they lost in the conference semis. Like I think he doesn't get the best out of that team, and I, I don't think he deserves another year. I think I can see management giving it to him because it's so easy to chalk it up to well. Yeah. Simmons got hurt uh, for the rest of the season, and Bede was day to day at the end, and that hurt their chances. But I, I'm not feeling great about the Sixers' future at this point, unless they fire Brown, and even then. Yeah, I don't feel great at all. And actually, I feel like I'm going to rip the 76ers to shred because Lucas and I, you and you and I, went back and forth a little yeah. bit. Uh, I do not believe in anything the Sixers have done or are doing for the long term. I don't believe Brett Brown is probably the coach. I think he's he'll probably have another coaching job if he gets fired. But I think that they really need a change of culture. I think Embiid is everything that is wrong with the 76ers right now. Um, I know Simmons got hurt, but Embiid does have a really also has a really, like a really, um, I guess you could say, long history of injuries 
in the past. And I think that, uh, I think it was a couple days ago where he was barking at Shake Milton and then he did a dunk and then he danced and then he, they, I think they still lost that game. I mean, they're just, I'm not impressed with the process. I no longer trust the process. I'm not impressed with the culture. And I think that if I were to pick a player to build around between one of the two, because you have to move one of them, they don't work well together. Um, it'd have to be Embiid for me. Agreed. I think it would have to be Embiid. Um, like really? I think... You're always, you used to always be yeah, such an Embiid fan. Embiid oh, no, no. I thought you said to build around. No, to move oh, on from. I would, oh, I would way from. much rather build around Ben Simmons. <laughs> I, was, I was letting my own biases just influence what came into my ears. <laughs> you stopped listening. I, I lost him. I lost him halfway through that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just like, I think you, you're right. The, the culture there just, it just feels like so dysfunctional. Like, there's no way a team that, like, built around that talent should be as bad as it is. And it is. And I think maybe you give it one more year with Embiid and Simmons with a new coach. And if it doesn't work then, then I think you just blow it up. But I don't know. Yeah. Agreed. I think they, yeah, they'd probably just be better off blowing it up now because, yeah. I think they are better off blowing it up now. I don't think that they should even wait, Consider, I yeah. guess, you know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, how much longer are they going to be able to – I mean, they're going to wait till these guys are in their 30s before they decide that it's not working anymore. I mean, I know that they're a lot farther <laughs> off than that. Than, um, they're closer to 20 than they are 30 now, I think, at this point. But I – they could they could be the best team in the East, with the talent that they have on there, and they had a great find in Shake Milton, and they got um, Josh Richardson as a shooter, and I don't know that I've harped on the I'm a big the biggest Jimmy Butler fan in the world. I think that they should have kept Jimmy <laughs> Butler yeah. and not signed Tobias Harris. I don't be, like again I don't believe in the moves that they're making, and they're gonna have to make some moves. I mean, and, and if you're gonna trade away Embiid, at least you have Al Horford as the next guy up, who was an All Star, I might add. To kind of play alongside Ben Simmons, who you want to play in the paint, he can shoot threes. Al Horford was an All Star. Yeah, no, yeah. No. yeah, yeah, not well, denying it. Yeah, I think, I think he's too old at this point to try and like. No, you're not going to build around him, but he's yeah. a, you're building around Simmons, and he's a complementary piece to Simmons. I think he play he fits a lot better alongside Simmons because I will say that Simmons doesn't get off easy with like a. It's not like he's done everything right. I think his lack of development over the years is a little bit alarming. However. I would say being a strong wing and a wing defender and being a playmaker bodes well and better for the uh, 76ers to build around than it would be for a guy like Embiid who wants to be a three-point shooter and he's over seven feet tall. The thing is, like, I just, I've never seen the flashes of dominance from Simmons that I have from Embiid. And while, like, in theory, it might be better to build around a player like Simmons, I think if you're talking about the team itself, I think Embiid has shown himself to be more of a dominant force than Simmons has ever been. And he's had, you know, small bits where he's looked great, but I've never been as blown away with individual performances of Simmons as I have been with Embiid. And I know it's like looking at a sample versus a body of work, but I still think Embiid's whole body of work has been more impressive than Simmons at this point, even if, like, in theory, you want a player like Simmons on your team. Not the personality, not for me. Not at all. Jared. Anyway, hold on. I want to ask. I want to ask Jared a question. Okay. 
Are you, do you, are you, do you like the Paul George and Damian Lillard beef, or is that also bad for the sport? Dude, that's fine. As much as you hate, as much as that's you hate so beef, much different. you want no, them to be fire boys and shake each other's hands. Yeah, that's way different. You pat each other on the back. They're not. They're not uh, we'll, trying. To, we'll they're not trying to hurt. Here. They're not trying to physically hurt each other though. That's what was going on in the other game. Come on. This is no. This is good beef. But the Blazers. I mean, we can be uh, just on like as a team. We can be on their high horse. Everybody's like, Damien's the best player in the bubble right now. You know, like. No. He's good, but he's not the best he's player. Not TJ. Also, uh, no. yeah, he's not yeah, TJ. Exactly. It's, it's he did. I mean, Dame did drop fifty-one, but the Blazers <laughs> play everybody close. But they they didn't beat the Clippers, who didn't have Kawhi Leonard that game. Barely beat the 76ers. You didn't have either of their stars for the second half. So, yeah, I don't really think the eight seed is still pointless. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the Lakers are still gonna beat whoever they, is put in front of them, but. But they might, yeah, it might be a case where the Blazers stretch out the series. So we'll see. Or whoever gets the AC. What I think is interesting, though, is that the Mavericks have been looking excellent. Mavericks Clippers 2 7 would be such a fun first round matchup. That yeah, that would be, be fun. I, I would be overjoyed if that's what we got. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember who the six seed is, who it might switch with. But yeah, that would be like a. Rockets, uh, I believe. Yeah, Rockets are yeah. four right now. I was going to comment on that, oh, wow. how I was maybe a little bit right about that one, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, shut up, shut up, yeah. <laughs> no, four through seven at the moment is decided by a game, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, and it was oh, that oh, this yeah, morning, it could have changed. But, yeah. So, we'll see. Do you guys want to make your picks for the, uh, the finalists, the NBA Awards finalists? Mm. Sure. I can list them off for you like, real yeah. quick. <laughs> I know it, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh no, we need. I need to do more research on it. Jared, you're, this would be easy. MVP. Are. Do you want to pick MVP? <laughs> At least Jared, James sure. Harden, LeBron James, or Giannis. Giannis. Correct answer. Ding ding ding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Honestly, I'm surprised LeBron is even. Actually, both LeBron. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I think LeBron yeah, has a legitimate case to be the MVP this year. I really uh, do. I think that with as well the Lakers are playing um, before the season shut down would warrant an MVP. I do think that is Giannis because he plays he plays like thirty minutes a game and they're still blowing out teams. But I, mm. I would say that uh okay. that they're do, that they're doing well. Yeah. Jared, do you want to pick Rookie of the Year too? Well, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Jaw. <laughs> I think that's the obvious answer too. Yeah. 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 I don't think Zion should be even second or close. No, He's played yeah. less than did, a did third of the Michael season. Michael Porter? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't think Zion Bubble should get it, but stars. I think Michael Porter should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they should have a whole separate uh, awards, you know, section for just the bubble. Yeah. That would be yeah. <laughs> comeback player of the, of the bubble. For <laughs> the eight games. Of the two yeah. weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the only ones I think. Oh, I, I'm picking I'm picking Giannis for the MVP. I'm gonna pick John Morant for the uh, Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I'm not. I don't understand how Luca Luca is in the Most Improved Player because he was also in the MVP conversation. I don't know. Like I know he's <laughs> he got good. that much better. What? Yeah, he did he? <laughs> he? I know he's good. I think that there are plenty of other players. I thought the the Most Improved Player wasn't for players of Luca's caliber. Not to like. Mm kind of diss on everyone else, but I think it's more of up-and-coming stars, and I think Luca's already a star in the league. 
<laughs> it's for so trash it's players who are a little less trash than you expected right, them the, to be. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah I like mean, you're not as trash. As I thought. <laughs> but like, what is he? He's kind of like twenty nine, nine and nine this year. It's like he got like a little but, better. Yeah. But did anybody not expect that from Luca? Yeah, that's because the they were already talking about him his being a star. Arc. Yeah. yeah. I think I think isn't most improved player a player you're like he kind of came onto the scene this year and you're like wow he looks really good I did not expect that if Luca so won Zion. an MVP in the next two <laughs> yes yeah, MVP in the next two years I wouldn't be shocked about that either so oh god yeah and I'm not gonna go through all the head co- the awards but I think that Nick Nurse deserves Coach of the Year he's a good coach I, so. agree. I, like I agree. I don't know. Looking, not to belabor this too much, but I'm going to. Um, like the guys that have won in the past, most improved player, like Jimmy Butler, Giannis, like guys who I think mm. were projected, Paul George, Kevin Love, like guys yeah. who you came in with some level of expectation with, even if it wasn't the highest. And Luca probably yeah. had higher levels of expectation than all those guys. But they're it's not always like about, scrubs that win it. They're talking about Luca <laughs> yeah, being the best twenty-year-old in NBA history. They, they, I mean, he was already like projected to be the net, the biggest superstar in the game. Yeah. I think it's different. But, I think Kevin but I think Love. Luka, but by pa- the definition Patrick, of the award, I think Lucas is right that it, it should just be about who no, improves most from one year to the next. <laughs> year. I just I just want like, someone with a similar yeah, name to me to win yeah. the award. Exactly. That's all. <laughs> Luka, Luka. When I did that NBA name analysis, there is no Lucas in the NBA. I'm pretty sure. So you just just have Luca. It's the best you can do. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'm done. Yeah. Well, there's a reason we're not uh, in the media voting on this. anyways though i think we've hashed that out plenty let's let's move along here uh transition to our semi-regular segment cash or trash we have a few takes for you this week let's uh let's start off with you jared um for those of you who didn't see ryan and day and jim harbaugh have been squabbling a little bit uh they had a squabble on a conference call uh what are your takes on that jared cash or trash that you you enjoy it or no yeah that's a cash for me I, I'm definitely cashing that Jim Harbaugh has a beef with Ryan Day. And I think Ryan Day is just like Michigan. That's an afterthought. We're, we're focusing on Clemson right now. Um, he did it. He said that they were going to put 100 on, on uh, Ohio State this year. He didn't say that to his face. He didn't say that to his face. He said that to the team. I think it's a fun idea, but it's crazy. Uh, he'll, they, they might gain, like, I, I could see, like, 70, but not 100. Um, but yeah, Jim Harbaugh still hasn't beat Ohio State, so there's definitely a beef there. What about you, Wyatt? Uh, I'm going to cash it, and my bias might be showing a little bit as the Ohio State fan, but I, I do love that there's still some real beef between like a long-lasting rivalry in Michigan and Ohio State. I like that the coaches don't like each other. Um, I think Ryan Day like really big-brothered Jim Harbaugh in that situation on that call. Um, and I wish – I honestly, the only thing I wish would happen is that he told Jim Harbaugh to his face that he was going to put a hundred up on them. Yeah. That and didn't wait funny. until, uh, to do it to his team. But no, I, I love, I love the beef. And I, I actually enjoyed, I don't think 70, I think 70 is the floor. I'm going with a hundred. Book it. I'll book that. Yeah. I believe wow, in it that much. That is steamy. Huh? <laughs> All right. Aiden. Cash or trash, the Pac-12 players will get their demands met. 
Um, I'm gonna say cash-ish. I was I was originally going for a straight cash, but it looks like the Pac-12 isn't actually gonna play this fall. So if we're talking about for the spring season, do I think the demands will be met? I think to an extent they will be. Uh, the grievances were largely related to the Pac-12's handling of COVID and COVID testing. The Pac-12 wasn't promising regular testing, uh, which seems pretty absurd given the current climate. And I, I think in the spring, like things aren't going to have changed enough where that's going to be where it's going to be possible to have a you know a full scale college football season without that testing. I mean, we've already seen the MLB and other leagues like have issues with this, even though they're doing you know testing like daily essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. and we're talking about college kids who are you know on campus probably socializing and such. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a mess if they don't uh, tighten up their, their COVID restrictions uh, whenever the 2020 season has actually uh, ended up played. So we'll see. Lucas, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think cash on this one too. And for a lot of the reasons you said as well, um, just for like COVID restrictions, like they won't be able to play unless they do that. Mm-hmm. And I think one sort of benefit that's come out of this is that like it seems to have gotten the college football union talk like back rolling a little bit which has been fun like even trevor lawrence tweeting out support for it too like when you have like the sports arguably biggest name getting behind it i think that's like a pretty big deal so i think the fact that the players are able to like organize and put forward these covid related demands and i hope and i think the pac-12 will probably meet them i think it's a good sign for like the players future in college football but Sticking with football, we're going to move over to a little well-established league, the XFL. <laughs> so, recently, The Rock purchased the XFL. Bart, cash or trash? Is that a good decision? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna trash that, I think. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I love The Rock. Uh, an entertaining actor. Uh, ripe for, for memes. Uh, I mean, I guess if you've got the money, spend it. But like, I just feel like the XFL is is probably just not a good investment. I don't think the XFL is ever gonna, quote unquote, make it. Uh, in they're gonna be in the NFL shadow forever. I mean, they, they went bankrupt so easily this year. I I don't know. I mean, maybe they maybe they need the rock behind it. Um, but I don't think it's a good. I just like long term. I don't think it's gonna end up benefiting him. It's probably just gonna go under again in a few years. And GG, as they say. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Aiden, what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna cash it. I'm going to say that if anyone wow. can make this work, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's The Rock. You know, we've seen The Rock star in a bunch of, you know, probably pretty trash blockbusters that he's made work that he's brought money into. <laughs> uh, and I, I think it's I think it's easy to forget also that the XFL looked somewhat promising last year before the pandemic hit. It had like a little bit of buzz. And honestly, most of its bankruptcy, like being so soon, was related to the pandemic. I think there are enough people who miss football in the spring. Um, and really love football enough to watch any football in the spring, even if it's, you know, involving B-stars. Not an NFL audience, but something, some audience. So I think that The Rock is going to maybe get people interested, you know, bring a little star power to it. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that XFL has plenty of other things in its bag of tricks, you know, bringing back Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow, who knows, you know, just (laughs) finding some way to get people to watch. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. (laughs) Can I throw a take out there real quick? I think there's a better. This is there's never been a better time for the Rock to buy the XFL. He bought it for like Mm -hmm. 15 million dollars, which I think Mm -hmm. he'll make way more money. But I think with the college football season potentially not actually happening, there could be a Mm -hmm. lot of stars signed from the XFL, and it could look a lot more like a G League to say. So I think I do agree that it's a good investment. I think that you might see some breakout stars um, come out of the XFL this coming year. 
Trevor but do you think anybody? Do you think there's anybody's going to be yeah. clamoring for corona coronavirus tests to be allocated to the XFL so that they can play? <laughs> you know, I, that's my crowd. hiccup on it. <laughs> this fair. is essential. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know. But. Oh god. Okay, moving on. So Antonio. So uh, Antonio Brown's agent said he won't appeal his eight-game suspension, but he's looking forward to playing in the 2020 season. Lucas, will Antonio Brown play this season after his suspension? No. I'm going to trash this one. I think last year and how everything went with him made it so evident that I think he's just, like, toxic to the culture of an NFL team. I think, like, even the Patriots couldn't, like, you know, get him to, like, be on that team as, like, a functioning member for very long with, like, Bill Belichick, who's like, notably does that all the time and takes up, like, sort of guys on the fringes and resurrects their career so i think just every team's experience with him last year means that until something very noticeable happens that would like make you think otherwise that an nfl team's not going to sign him but bart what do you think about it i yeah i like it's just that nfl gms can be so deprived or like so desperate for talent sometimes like i i feel like it's almost possible but i agree i think this is a trash i just think he's like he's three strikes and out kind of thing i don't even know how many strikes he's had at this point but i think it's one too many yeah i think he's gonna he's gonna come off of the suspension and he's gonna like i, I don't know i read recently that some teams are apparently considering yeah, but i think it's kind of like yeah it's superficial it's probably not real so yeah i think he's gonna he's probably done like for his career at this point Maybe not, though. I mean, like, is he talented? Sure. Like, would I mind seeing him play again? No. But, yeah, probably not going to happen. Speaking of receivers, XFL. though, last but not least. <laughs> I mean, they could, they could definitely use the name recognition, right? Yeah. Uh, last but not least, though. Uh, so, Wyatt, Amari Cooper recently said that the Cowboys' goal for this upcoming season is to have 3,000-yard receivers. Cash or trash on that take? Uh, hard trash. And if you're, if you're new to the show, I think... I'm going to let you in on a little secret is that I actually do not like the Cowboys. Not one bit. <laughs> They're one of the most overrated teams in the NFL right now. Uh, and you can add this onto a list of things that they're going to fall short of next year. Um, there's no way, because only, only five teams have ever done it in NFL history. And regardless of how, much, how talented they are, I, there's no way that they're going to have 3,000-yard receivers. <laughs> You're right, Wyatt, Jared. that this has only happened five times before, and uh, the Dallas Cowboys will be the sixth Get real. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is cash money. This is cash money. So the, the Arizona, you're first you're going to tell me they get, the Dallas Cowboys suck. Dude, the, the last team to do it, the Arizona Cardinals, were only 9-7 and seven that year. They weren't that good either. Um, Dak's going to have a breakout year, first off. He basically needs like at least 4,000 passing yards, which he's check. 4,902 last year, Wyatt, by the way. Uh, Dak also built a field at his home. So he's already training with these wide receivers, Wyatt. He's going to be leagues ahead of the field. Okay. It's kind of joking aside. There's going to be – so the three receivers, Amari Cooper, already 1,000 last year. Michael Gallup, 1,011 – or 1,100 last year. C.D. Lamb's going to come in and, and just be – I saw a writer, uh, R.J. Ochoa, say that C.D. is the final infinity stone for their gauntlet, Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> gauntlet. You, what? Uh, so – the, um, I, I know there's at least, I don't know, five or so rookies that have gotten over 1,000 receiving yards, like guys like Anquan Bolden, Randy Moss, a bunch of guys I've never heard of, too. I'm not a football historian by any means. But by the way, Randall Cobb had 828 last year. 
So they were almost there last year, Wyatt, and now they're getting even better. That's that's a cash. That's two hundred yards off. That's that's close. <laughs> that's dude. Not that's like two there. games. Yes, that it's is. Like, Are it's you like kidding? Twenty percent of his total receiving yards. That's like not an insignificant amount. Yeah, like two hundred yards. No, it's no, it's no. Come on, he was almost there. Yeah, the only thing that can mess it up. Is better than... <laughs> the only thing that can mess up mess it up is if they want to run Zeke a whole bunch. Which might be better for the team. <laughs> so <we'll see> <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Alright, well okay. moving on. Finally. Uh, as as you probably know, MLB has returned. Uh, we have gotten a few weeks into the season here. Uh, let's discuss what do you guys' take so far in the teams. Any disappointments, any particular surprises? What's been happening so far? Bleep the Astros like they have not handled this at all well so oh, they, they're getting thrown the, at Lucas the, no the brawl they started they Jared started the A's Astros, the Astros. Yeah. they started the A's at the brawl with the yeah. A's like what yeah, like they, no, they, they were they were throwing at Mike Fears the whistle or not they weren't throwing at him but Mike Fears the whistleblower is on the A's so I don't know if they're like damn like these people really don't like us so or this guy's the reason that people don't like us, so we're just gonna like throw at their team. Then, Sintron, uh, one of the coaches, like yelling insults about like people's mothers from the sideline. Like yeah. they're making this worse for themselves. They're trying to be like play the fun villain, but they're awful at it. They're just, Why like, I so think that's great for baseball, though? Huh? I do. Do you? Uh, I, lo- I, lo- I love. I love. I love the brawl, <laughs> and uh, oh, I will God. admit that I'm not. I'm not gonna be an a- advocate for fist fights in the uh in the league but i think that i think that it's not bad that that the ashes are a villain and they're a clear villain i don't think that that's bad for the league they're not a good villain though like at least <laughs> no like, but i think like the patriots like you're like wow they're all, great but i don't like them i think what, the thing with about the patriots being the villain is that some people love the patriots and some people love to hate the patriots and i think we all love to hate the a the uh astros so I think that that's still a good villain, even though we can we like we can all get behind the fact that the Astros are terrible, you know. Yeah. And I think that that's that's still good. Yeah. I'm invested. <laughs> yeah, I saw like a like a headline somewhere the other day that was like like um, Altuve makes like a brilliant play on a ground ball and had like a ton of like upvotes on on like Reddit or something. I was like, there's no way this is going well, and like he, yeah. he filled it like threw it directly into the stands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's going to be no good press for the Astros at the moment, but it, it definitely has been pretty satisfying to watch them. Like I didn't actually expect them to be bad though, to be honest. Um, yeah. And again, this is a very young season, uh, but they are on a five-game losing streak at the moment, um, and that has been satisfying. Because the only thing, like I expected them to be a kind of Patriots-like villain. I expected them to still be one of the top three or four teams in the AL. Um, and if they, if it turns out that they're just bad and also <laughs> hated, that's gonna, oof, it's gonna be a rough season to to watch any Astros game. Yeah. <laughs> Do, do we want to set an over/under on how many more brawls they'll be in? This game? <laughs> we're, we're what, fifteen this games in, and they're one. yeah, they're, I know. <laughs> we'll go three point five. Yeah, the over/under three point five. I just, yeah, I, I just hope there's no COVID outbreak from this. Um, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we haven't had a great look already with those. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in team, in terms of teams that I've been impressed with, the mm-hmm. Colorado Rockies are mm-hmm. raking right now, dude. 
Charlie are. Charlie Blackman four fifty eight average right now, which it was, obviously it went really, up yesterday. Huh? I was like, oh, it just it's four thirty or so. No, you said oh, you oh. said that. I like I had it down as four thirty, and I was like, shoot, that's wild. But and I, I know all the Rockies haters are gonna be like, well, they're playing Colorado, you know. But he's only slight. They are better at home, but only slightly better. By fifty percentage points, or uh, hey, but but everyone hits a lot of home runs in Colorado, you know, home exactly, and away, exactly. you know, so exactly. But and as a team, they're they have basically identical records home and away, so they're they're playing well both ways. Um, a team, I hopefully I'm not stealing this from you, Aiden, but the Oakland A's, uh, they're two point six e two point six six ERAs, third in the league. It's funny because at the start of the season, I was like, the starting starting pitchers are going to be so key, but yeah. the A's are just all relief pitchers. They've won seven games in relief. Which is second most in the league, um, and in general, pitches uh, pitches thrown by starting pitchers is down this yeah. year as well as innings. So, uh, a lot of teams yeah. that are succeeding have been relying on their relief. Um, like yeah. the Marlins are a prime example as well. Yeah, no, I've I've seen a lot of teams, more teams than ever, use like an opener to like you know pitch three innings and then yeah. pitch it off to someone else. And obviously, yeah, and I, I'm sure it's affected by the fact that you know some starting pitchers have opted out. There have been I feel like more injuries than normal. Um, but yeah. it will be interesting to see if this trend kind of keeps going. Um, but on the topic of starting pitching, um, two teams that have been really uh, screwed over by their starting pitching, the Red Sox, Jared, your Red Sox, yeah. um, who, who lost Chris Al before the season of Tommy John surgery, but also lost Eduardo Rodriguez to a COVID-related heart problem for the season. Wow. And they have, their, their starting rotation is looking rough at the moment. Um, I think they're pretty much using relief and their their bullpen is not deep enough to, to make it work. Um, and besides that, yeah, we've got my Mets who are also starting rotation is is going to is is not looking good at the moment. Um, they always have Jacob deGrom, you know, the my savior. Um, but besides <laughs> that, they lost Syndergaard at the beginning of the season and just found out that Marcus Stroman, who Mets fans were eagerly waiting the return of to, you know, their kind of stud second starter um, is opting out of the season like the day after he got enough service times that he can be a free agent this year. So he had, he had been injured and he had made, he apparently like the manager had said that he'd made like one more start than usual because he was like, I, I want to be really sure that I'm healthy. And then he opted out as soon as he hit the service time thing so that he's no longer, the Mets don't have control over him this offseason. Wow. So rough. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know if the, the Mets and Red Sox both have pretty, pretty good offenses and I don't know if they can recover from their, their lack of pitching. Yeah. I mean, the AL East hasn't been too strong. The Yankees are good. The NL East has been pretty good though, at least with the Marlins and Braves. (laughs) So uh, yeah, it'll be, maybe you'll get that wild card spot though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I hate to burst the Marlins bubble, but I don't think it's going to last for long. You don't uh, think since, so? Since, yeah, since coming back, they're they're they they lost two of three to a not good Mets team, and they're mostly composed of minor leaguers at this point, or a lot of their starting <laughs> yeah. rotation. Yeah, like there true. were multiple pitchers who came in who hadn't started above like double A or pitched <laughs> above double A, <laughs> wow. and like maybe they, maybe they'll get better as they get players back um, from from COVID related stuff. But it's gonna be a tough couple weeks while they they manage with the minor leaguers. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, they've had seventeen new players already this season and they've gotten like kind of lucky so far in their wins their yeah. overall run differential is only plus four and they're four and oh in one run games at this yeah. point so i think they're just like getting a lot of balances their way at this point and i don't yeah. think that yeah. the talent is necessarily there to suspend their hot starts since the, since the outbreak 
be wild if the if the Marlins just went on a run and it became clear that the Marlins were bad this whole time because they're yeah just they're, <laughs> their minor leaguers are much better than their major leaguers apparently. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah, another interesting team this year. The Cleveland Indians have the best team ERA in the league, but also the worst batting average. Yeah. And they they are they are suffering for it a little bit. They're not they're not leading their division or anything. Twins yeah, doing well though this year at Bar. Yeah, so. Twins are yeah, they were mashing as many home runs as, as, as ever. Yeah, then they went. They lost every game against the uh, Royals. I think. Ooh, uh, that's so that's not painful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Though. the the AL yeah. yeah the AL Central is low key pretty good though with between the Twins the Indians yeah again up of legit um, pitching but yeah kind of weak weak bats the White Sox look like they have a lot of young talent so that's a, like an up and coming team. That'll probably be competitive. Yeah. Um, Royals probably not, but you know. yeah, <laughs> they've had their time. <laughs> yeah, this this also would be an interesting year because we may see a Cy Young winner under two with an under two ERA and a batting leader with like an average over four hundred. <laughs> like, <laughs> the stats are going to be so skewed this year, potentially. It'd be pretty funny. Pretty funny if we did. Asterisk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has not been like the NBA bubble though, and that most of the teams that we expected to be good have been pretty good. Um, it's, mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, weird to say that the MLB has been less surprising than the NBA. Um, yeah. But but more the Yankees though. have been good. Yeah, more fights. Yeah, more so that's fights. that's all, all we're here for, right? Yeah, but Yankees wow. have been good. Dodgers have been good. Braves have been good. Um, most of, most of, like the expected teams, besides the Astros, I think are the, the biggest exception. There have you know pretty much looked good. There, yeah, there's some weird ones though. You know, like yeah. the Tigers are in first place in the AL Central after <laughs> that is pretty the Twins weird. Said that slide because yeah. yeah. um, they were the worst record in baseball last year. The Marlins being in first yeah. place, even yeah. how probably not sustainable that is. I mean, like overall it has been, but there are some like weird little yeah, things yeah. in there that have like popped up. That's true. Yeah. It's really fun looking at MLB standings at the moment because you'll see like the Marlins in first at seven and two. And then the yeah. Braves are like ten and six. They've played like you know like, yeah. like eight more games in there. Yeah. It's it's just you have to do a lot of math to figure out who's you know above who. So yeah. what if a team had won their first game and then intentionally <laughs> the rest of their season canceled by confident. <laughs> <laughs> We're sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. I mean, I think the Cardinals haven't played a game since haven't played a game in August. Uh, I'm pretty sure, and it doesn't look like they're going to yeah. play a game this week. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I don't think their record's very good at the moment. So they're two and three. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't <laughs> seem like that would be intentional. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think that that about covers it for for the MLB and for our show today. Thanks for listening. As always, uh, please you know follow us on Twitter at You Thought Media. Uh, we're also now on YouTube. Exciting new developments. We got a, a couple videos on there. Uh, if you're an uh, F1 fan, uh, we got we got a bunch of material for you, um, and, and also a, a bunch of our, our usual stuff. Um, so so yeah, give us a follow. Tell us what you liked, what you disliked, and yeah, see you next week. <laughs>